Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to this week's episode of Mill Liberty. I'm your host Caleb Franz. This is the voice of liberty for a new generation. I am thrilled to have you here this week. Uh, first of all, welcome back. Um, I appreciate your audience and your listenership. Um, this is something that we are trying to build up and uh, and and keep going and uh, really build that community of liberty lovers. Um, and that is something that I haven't been able to do in the past couple weeks for several reasons. Between um, you know, there's I've been I, I believe I told you in several episodes ago that I've been in the process of moving, and that has just been very hectic, um, coupled with a, a lot of Memorial Day weekend plans and it just hasn't made recording very possible so thank you for uh, tuning back in thank you for for looking back and uh, refreshing your itunes uh, for that episode because we are trying to bring you all those episodes that that uh, that we promised to you and i will try to make up those past two weeks we'll probably stack up and and double up here in in the next few weeks with with some episodes so you'll get a double dose of liberty um, in the next few weeks probably um, but first of all this week I want to talk I want to to talk about and touch on something that is very important that happened recently um, we're not gonna have an interview this week this week I, I feel like since since I haven't really been around to be able to record recently I figured it it would uh, be a good time to just sit down and and talk with you and me uh, first of all I apologize if the audio is a little bit off or not up to quality as what it may have been in the past um, I'm still trying to get the uh, the studio in in the uh, in the new house that I'm living in uh, set up and and the audio quality setting up so um, if if it isn't as good on the audio side of things I'm, I'm still working on that but we are trying to still get you the uh, the actual quality of the content uh, pushed out there um, and like I said this week something really important happened and I really want to touch on it and it's something that I think has deep implications and uh, and the deeper issue of it is is a lot more important than what it seems like on the surface, um, and that is with the masterpiece uh, cake shop uh, decision at the Supreme Court. There's a lot of stuff that we haven't been able to talk about recently and haven't been able to to really dive into and and discuss. Um, so when I was trying to sort of sit down and, and pick an episode to uh, to do for this week. It was really hard to to find one out because there's a lot of stuff that we have in the in the coming weeks that I think you'll really be excited for. Um, but this week I wanted to talk about that because it is so fundamentally important to both both to the um, to the themes of of this program and to what we try to touch on both um, with with the philosophy, the history, the um, the uh, current events. I try to touch on all of those things, and this is one of those rare occasions where I can sort of do all of those at once. Um, so this this kind of seemed like the perfect opportunity for that, and it has so much more uh, to do than just a cake. That is something that I think both sides of the discussion, whether you are um, on the side of the baker or if you are on the side of the gay couple who who sued the baker uh, for not baking their cake, 
no matter which side of that you fall on, I it's really important to understand that this is much more than just a cake. It's not just about the the cake. Um, the uh, I I believe the couple that that lost the case to the Supreme Court, um, they said that you know this is not about a cake. This is about discrimination, um, and I actually really do agree with that, <laughs> believe it or not, um, but probably not in the context of what they are thinking that people should agree with them on it. Um, this is something that I want to break down into basically three or four categories, um, but first of all, I want to amend that statement just a little bit. Uh, the couple that, that lost the, the case, they said this is not about a cake, this is about discrimination. Um, and that's true to a certain extent, but I do want to amend that statement. This is not about a cake. This is about the freedom of association and the right to discriminate if you so choose to. This is about property rights. This is about your freedom of conscience. And sometimes, sometimes that freedom allows you to be a really horrible person. Now, I don't think that that the individual, uh, Jack Phillips is the, is the name of the baker, I don't think that he himself is a really bad person. I think that there are just very strong, um, conscious beliefs that he has that he is not willing to violate. Even if some of those beliefs I have a different interpretation of or don't entirely agree with, it's still about his conscience. But even if that's not the case necessarily, it's really important to understand that this is one about private property. Two, this, this case was not about discrimination, but even if it was, you have the right to be that kind of a person and you shouldn't be sheltered. The world shouldn't be sheltered from knowing what kind of a person you really are. He wasn't the kind of person, and I saw this actually um, actually happen uh, recently, and I, I don't even think, I actually don't think it happened recently, it just resurfaced recently. Um, but I, I saw a, a, a story, an article um, that had been resurfacing, uh, I uh, believe it was from a few years ago, and it said it was like a hardware store, and it said no gays allowed. That's the kind of stuff that is very clear bigotry. That's, that's the kind of stuff that is very clear discrimination. Even with that, that is the kind of, of place, that's the kind of store that should be allowed to exist merely because I want to know what kind of a scumbag is living in my community and if they are willing to openly communicate that to everyone if they're willing to step outside of the shadows and 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 be open about that I want to know so that I don't have to give them my business anymore because this while I I laid out those those three things there's actually a fourth thing that is really important about this case and that is the freedom that the free market allows you to have because with a free market, you are not limited to a bigoted baker, a bigoted florist, a bigoted hardware store owner. It doesn't matter. You are not limited to those individuals. A lot of people will also point to some historical facts. I feel like you probably know what I'm, 
I'm uh, alluding to. We'll get into a little bit of that, uh, not too much because we have touched on it before, but I, I do want to retouch on it a little bit again on this episode because it is relevant. Um, but so many people forget that in, in the civil rights era, the everything that had gone on in that era, a lot of people blame the free market for that, uh, especially on the left. A lot of people say the market failed when it comes to discrimination, and it it was the government that came to to step in and save the day from racist factors within the free market. A lot of people will look at the free market and point exactly to discrimination, exactly to Jim Crow, and exactly to um, segregation uh, as the perfect example of how the free market can and will so easily become racist and bigoted and sexist and every sort of every sort of ist that you can possibly think of that is what people will point to whenever trying to back their case up and i do want to touch on that a little bit later in this episode on to why that is not the case and it's actually the inverse of the case that is the truth of the matter um, but first of all, I want to discuss the philosophy of this. Why is it so important? And I don't want to talk about the case as much as as the why behind the case. Why is this such an important win for liberty? Why is it that even if all the stories and, and all the accusations, I should say, about this baker being such a bigot, such a, uh, such a homophobe, um, such a hater. Why is it so important that he won and not the other couple? Wasn't it the other couple that was in the right when it comes to this case? And I say no, because it's important to understand private property rights and voluntary transactions. Okay, even in the marketplace today, until you actually give up the product willingly, voluntarily, until you give that up, it's yours. You have no obligation to give your property to anybody. Even if you're selling it, if you do not wish to sell it to somebody, then you have no obligation to under the understanding of, of private property rights. Now, government oftentimes will indeed make you give it up even in instances where you do not wish to give it up but under the proper understanding of what private property is supposed to be about private ownership the right to to keep what you wish the right to um the right to sell who you wish to sell it to that is fundamentally important because that fundamentally defines what private property rights are now, it's really important to understand also that this case was not about discrimination in, in, in the very specifics of, of this individual instance. Um, it is in the broader scheme of things because it does beg the broader question, is discrimination okay and should it be allowed? But that's not what this case in and of itself was about. This case was about the right to conscience and the right to religious belief. 
this case was about not letting the government and and I understand that uh, this is this is a case that's not quite like other cases there were some mishaps on the lower courts that caused the Supreme Court to rule the way that it did I understand that but in the broader sense of this the Baker was not acting in the way that he was acting because he didn't like gay people. The baker wasn't acting the way that he was acting. He didn't say, no gays allowed in my bakery. He didn't say, you aren't allowed to buy a cake from me. They could buy a cake from the baker. This baker was so uh, so religious and in his conscience that he won't even make Halloween cakes. Okay? That's the kind of a baker he was. He won't even make Halloween cakes. He's not saying he won't sell you a cake just because you're gay. He's saying he will not participate in a gay wedding, which is wildly different. Wildly different from saying, I'm not going to sell you a cake. That's saying, I refuse to participate in your ceremony your bondage, your union, your coming together, that I view, speaking of, of him, and personally I do too, as a religious ceremony. Millions upon millions of Christians. You don't have to, you can be an atheist listening to this right now and think that's crazy, think that you shouldn't have to be religious in order to get married. I agree. You don't have to be religious to get married. But in the eyes of a Christian or even just a religious individual, not even a Christian. Marriage was authorized and ordained by God to be good. A very particular way of, do of going about it too, a man and a woman. In a Christian view, you don't have to believe that, you don't have to agree with it. But you cannot tell me that it is okay for the government to step in violate not only your conscience but also the right to associate with the people that you wish to associate with that is fundamentally different from saying no I'm not going to let you in my store because you're gay or no I'm not gonna allow you to buy my products even though you should have that right you should have the ability to say that that is fundamentally different than saying you're not going to be able you're not going to be allowed to buy my product or my or uh, use my services just because you're gay. This is about choosing not to participate because that essentially is what he would be doing. He would be participating and giving his seal of approval to something that he believes violates his religious conscience and his religious beliefs. If I walked up to you and if you are a Muslim and I wanted a um, and I wanted a, a a cake with bacon bits all wrapped in them, and you said, "I'm sorry, sir, I can't do that. I can I can provide you any of these other cakes, but I cannot do that." And I said, "That's ridiculous. You are discriminating against me, especially if I was a gay individual." And I said, that's ridiculous. You are discriminating against me. Would that be the same situation? Would you not reasonably say, no, we shouldn't make a Muslim bake a baking cake because it violates his religious conscience? 
or or the uh, the analogy that was used in the libertarian presidential debate is it okay to make a nazi cake you make force a, a jew to bake a nazi cake i would say no that would be horrendous that would be absolutely terrible i see a lot of people on the left and i think this is really funny because they think that they're very clever about this um there have been bars across the country that have been denying Trump supporters access to their bars. And a lot of leftists have been sharing around a lot of these articles that are reporting on this. And they're saying, you see, you see, this is what I'm talking about. Sweet, sweet revenge. And I laugh at that because that's exactly what you should be able to do. If you have an institution, you should not be bullied by the government into telling them who you are allowed to serve and not serve. You, who you are allowed to, uh, who is and is not allowed to come in. That should not be something that the government uh, determines. The marketplace will determine that. And if you are so hate-filled, I think that's really stupid to uh, deny access to people who are willing to give you money, regardless of your political aff affiliation, regardless of your religious affiliation. But if that's something that you want to do, if that's the hill that you want to die on, by all means, die you will, figuratively, of course. Um, your business will go out. You will go out of business that way. Now, sometimes the market does the the smaller market the the local market will support that or will encourage that and that is a valid point even 20 years ago even 15 years ago i would say that is a valid point but the problem here is that in today's economy and the way that capitalism has has resurfaced and just absolutely exploded across the globe and has completely, almost completely eliminated extreme poverty. The way that globalization and the way that the internet has picked up and flourished and and really just taken off and 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 with Amazon and, and companies like this, really giant companies, those institutions, those those businesses that might have been able to get away with something like that in a in a very localized setting. Um, there is absolutely no way where somebody like that can get away with that now, especially when you're talking about something like a bakery or a florist. You know how easy it is to go online, not even enter a bakery, not even enter the store of, of whatever the business is. If you're talking about a wedding, if you're talking about um, really, it doesn't matter. You can have these things delivered to your front door without even without even getting off the couch the this case is very much what I, what would be considered a first world problem because you're making a stink about a particular baker when you have an abundance of bakeries in the state of colorado and you're telling me that that a a a you can't find a gay bakery a a, a bakery that supports gay rights in colorado come on not only that but you can also find however ma however many bakeries you can find within uh, a geographical location in Colorado, double that, and that's what you can get from the internet. That's what you can get from globalization. This this thing that apparently both individuals on the left and the right 
are trained and are uh, processed to and, and taught to hate with passion. That's what political, that's what our, our political tribalism has done. If we can, if we are in a, in a marketplace where only a bigoted, hateful baker is the only bakery, the only place where you can get a wedding cake in your entire community, if that is the case, then you should not be looking to the government for help. You should be looking at the government and saying, what in the world are you doing standing in the way to create such a problem as to where this guy, this guy, the bigot, the hate monger, the homophobe, that this guy is the only one who can service my needs. That is a much bigger problem within government regulation, within government taxation, than it is a problem with discrimination. But let's talk about uh, the the common misconception a little bit. That if if this is the the logical step, that if you are going to support this this case um, with with being on the side of the baker, then the next logical step is that obviously blacks won't be able to sit in the same uh, businesses, use the same restrooms as white people. That is simply not the case. Also, for, for many of the same reasons that I just described in a, in a complete free market, in today's setting with the age of the internet, especially when you could just take a photo, put it on Twitter, it'll go viral, and then your business is sunk because you're not letting black people in into, into your store. That kind of bigotry and racism and hatred will not tolerate in today's society. But aside from that fact, using that analogy, using that completely ignores what actually happened during segregation in the, not just the 1960s, but well beyond that, 60 years beyond that, back in the early 1900s. Because as, as I mentioned before, and I will link to the show notes in this episode so that you can go back and listen to uh, that episode in its entirety, uh, on episode 50, episode 53 of The Liberty, we, we had an episode on uh, the early American progressivism, the horrors of the early American progressivism. This was part of our Halloween uh, Horrors of Collectivism series. Um, and... As I explained throughout that throughout that episode, racism and and um, segregation, that kind of stuff was on the decline until the Progressive Era, after the Civil War, after um, after uh, uh, the end of slavery. There were many many places. It was, it was not that difficult to find a place that served both blacks and whites. Now, sure, there was, there was still racism. Um, it was much more rampant then than it is today. That much is very true. But it was on the decline in getting uh, smaller and smaller by the day. It was not until the Progressive Era, and specifically with the advent of Woodrow Wilson's presidency, that segregation really began. Remember that Jim Crow is not something that the market just decided to call. Jim Crow was a series of laws enforced by the government 
Jim Crow allowed business owners, not just allowed them, but encouraged them to bring out the absolute worst in their humanity. That is not a failure of the marketplace. That is a failure of government. And since government made such a failure, it only makes sense that something like the Civil Rights Act would be passed so that the laws of the South would be repealed. Now, there are a few parts of the Civil Rights Act that was probably too much intervention in the marketplace, I would say, today anyway. Um, but at the time, that was about the laws of the South, not about um, the failures of the marketplace. It was the government, specifically Woodrow Wilson, especially Woodrow Wilson in the Progressive Era, that allowed this resurgence of racial divide and racism to come back in full force and allow segregation to really solidify within the South. That is something no libertarian supports. That is something that no individual who believes in private property rights and freedom of association, that is something that no individual supports. Nobody who believes in these things thinks that, you know what, we should bring back segregation because the government did such a good job before. The market will not allow that. Do you know how much more expensive it is and how much less sense monetarily to cut off half of your business to establish two separate restrooms, two separate water fountains, uh, two separate, like, these things just don't make sense from a business perspective. Without government there enforcing and telling you and enabling you and bringing out the worst in your humanity, without government there, those kind of things, that's not something that you would do without, without the government. That is something that only government can make happen because you're not going to waste your time, waste your resources, waste your money by cutting off half of your potential customers and making twice the expenses in, in building costs and, uh, and different types of services, blacks only services, whites only services. That just doesn't make sense from a business perspective. And if somebody is willing to do that, go right ahead because you're the kind of business that's going to go out of business if you try that in a completely free market. Because while you're denying half of your customers uh, your services, and while you're busy building whites-only and blacks-only restrooms and water fountains, your competition is going to slaughter you and you will easily go out of business and if that's fine with you great dandy racism bigotry homophobia all of that stuff incredibly expensive aside from the fact that it is morally wrong it's expensive to be racist it's expensive to be a bigot it's expensive to be a homophobe not to mention the uh the word of mouth that that comes along with uh, the the reputation that comes along with that if you try finding a job if your business goes out and you try finding a job elsewhere good luck good luck 
That's the way the market deals with this. Not through government intervention. Government intervention is how bigotry thrives and settles. It brings out the worst in our humanity. It pits people, good people, that otherwise would be would be collaborating with each other. It's really hard to be racist when you have to when you have to uh, uh, connect with them on a human level. That's why we cannot let the left define what a community is, because the free market that is a community when we're all living together and trading and learning about each other's cultures and traits and humanities that is how you squash bigotry not through the government not through the supreme court not through a a a an act of congress but through your own humanity through the human connection that comes with touching a fellow man's hand when going to give them a handshake there is nothing that is more important and more life-changing in the sense of putting away past prejudices than that that is our episode for today i hope you enjoyed it i hope that it uh was provocative enough to get you to listen to this episode the uh the title and some of the things that i was suggesting but I really hope that you heard what I was saying, too. Um, there is no place for bigotry or racism or homophobia or anything like that within the liberty movement specifically, let alone uh, the country and the world. But they must be allowed to come forward because otherwise, keeping them in the closet, so to speak, about their own bigotry and racism and 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 homophobia and and sexism or what have you keeping them closeted only enables them liberty is about love it is about community it is about um connecting with your fellow man and that is quite the opposite of of bigotry only with government help can a bigoted person stand on his own two feet. That is what you should take away from this case, this court case, and this episode. Because liberty is more powerful than any of it. Next week, I have an amazing episode for you. Um, next week, if you haven't noticed, there's been a lot of criminal justice activity in the news uh, lately, and I wanted to, and cr criminal justice reform is something that is really near and dear to me. It is something that I think that is one of, if not the biggest issues that can so easily get passed, but it hasn't yet. Um, I, that That's something I'm really excited to get into, um, and I just really haven't been able to get into it in past episodes, not the way that I want to. Well, next week we're doing just that, and I'm bringing on um, a guest that I think that you are going to love. I think that his story is amazing. It is just incredible. And, uh, and we'll be talking with him about his story, about what he's doing for criminal justice reform, and about some of the more current events revolving a couple cases 
that has hit the news recently that that I think needs to be discussed on this program. His name is Weldon Angelos, I believe is, is how you pronounce his last name. Um, if you have heard of him, then you know who he is. If you haven't heard of him, well, we'll get into that next week. Um, we are also still continuing our Liberty Candidate series throughout the program. I have a few more candidates that I want to get on um, before we put a close and move on past that. After um, our Liberty Candidate series, essentially what I want to do is I want to bring on a lot of... You see, throughout this program, I'm very ADD, if you haven't noticed, in the way that I think and speak, <laughs> so I hope I hope that doesn't bother you too much. But throughout this program, all the guests that we have had on um, have been communicators of liberty, people who are very similar to, what, to, to me and what I'm doing. Um, we have just recently brought on some candidates because I've tried to keep away from politicians for a little while um, until we established a, a really good foundation. After that, and next week is sort of the first step in that direction that I want to take, we are going to bring in on the renegades of liberty, the guys who are just just the the outlaws, all the misfits. The guys that even people within the Liberty Movement are like, eh, that guy's a little bit, I don't know if I really want to be associated with him. Because those are the people that are, uh, that are really going to be the ones who affect the change, who drive the change. They are the ones who, who, who take the blunt of the, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, who really take the blunt of the, uh, the hate and the, and the, the backlash and all of that stuff um so just just keep an eye out for that i uh, have a lot of people i want to get on for that um and we'll be we'll be working on that throughout the end of summer and hopefully early fall as well um so without further ado i hope you enjoy this episode i hope that you got something out of this episode because i thought this was something really important to discuss with you and talk about um, I apologize for, for being out for the past couple weeks, but we are back now, um, and we will be back on a regular schedule every Thursday starting next week, and uh, look out for a couple of bonus episodes to make up for the episodes I missed these, these past couple weeks, um, probably throughout June and July. Um, and that is all that I have. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Caleb Franz. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Mill Liberty, and be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes so that you'll never miss an episode or an update. And until next week, we'll see you.